Hello friend, welcome to Almost Cancelled everyone, I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Mr. Robot Season 3, Episode 7, it is called Eps 3.6 underscore Frederick plus Tanya dot chk. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always, got my notes ready, we're ready to go, and how do you top two of the best back-to-back episodes uh, of the show so far? I suppose one answer is you don't necessarily top them, you just remain solid. <laughs> just, just just make sure the emotion hits you. Uh, and I guess the second answer would be to follow up with maybe the, one of the most depressing episodes of the entire show. <laughs> yeah. Because I actually wrote down repeatedly during my notes, uh, Angela is broken. Elliot is broken. Dom is broken. And then at the end I realised I'd done it and I just wrote, everyone is broken. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I could have written for Tyrell. I didn't, but he's also broken. Everyone's broken. Yep. Everyone said yep. White Rose. White Rose slash Zang. He's he's happy as can be. He's having time of his life. <laughs> but everyone else, broken. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll dive into this Simba scene as we typically do. Um, and thankfully, this was one. This one was easier to take notes for compared to last week. Last week was yeah, a, it was relatively straightforward. This one was it was a riot. The way it was intercutting between things constantly. Mm. So, uh, we start off uh, in an apartment. Obviously, the previously on showed you the uh, the post credit scene of uh, the season two finale with Trent and Mobley, and I'm like, oh, we're, we're finally getting to those guys. Excellent. I, I like the idea that if, if for some reason someone didn't stick around for the post credit scene, they'll have seen that there in the previous thing on. What, what the hell's this? <laughs> when, when did this happen? I don't remember this. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's fair enough, season one, you don't get the post credit scene, or you don't stick around for it, because you have no reason to think so. Season two, I kind of still buy it, that maybe you, 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 you've forgotten. I feel like with season three, though, that this finale coming up in a few weeks' time, we're yeah. we're waiting for it, we're prepared, we know there's going to be a, a, a post credit yeah. scene, there has to be. Yeah, it'll, it'll be people just, that, you know, more more the general public who don't kind of read into these sort of things, don't look at these things online, mm. who'll just, you know, they'll just watch it, they might turn off when it gets to the credits and not, never have seen that. Yeah, typically, like I, I always seem to get to the end of the credits anyway for most shows, just because when it hits the credits, I typically check my phone for notifications, and then it'll just all finish as I'm doing that. Yeah, it depends. It depends how much of a rush I'm in to get to the recording, because usually <laughs> I'm squeezing them in right before. Because uh, one one of my things that feels like the show's ended to me, ended. So the show's finished to me is like the you know the little like company the logos, thing at the yeah. end. So yeah, at the end yeah, of this yeah. one, it's the E Corp one or the the, the Esmail Corp more specifically. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of my favorite ones is uh, I think it's all the the Berlanti stuff. It ends with the uh, move your head. Yeah, yeah, Greg, move your yeah, head. Yeah, Greg, move your head. Yeah. So is is how I like the idea that his is like a callback to when his dad would tell him to move his head when he was a kid and they were watching yeah. TV together. Little things like that. But uh, yeah, so we open. We open in this apartment, dead person, turns out to be the dead roommate of Mobley. Mobley and Trent are there. And it's, it, seemingly, this is picking up right after that scene. So, if I remember correctly, actually, I think when we got that post-credit scene, it did say something like six months later, or something to that effect. I honestly don't know if it said, or, but it, it, it's clear when it is now, so I don't yeah. think it really matters. Or at the very, very least, I, I mean, it's not actually been that long, really, since the season started in terms of time. Yeah, you know, obviously we had the flashback episode with Tyrell, which took place over months. But in terms of the present day stuff, it's not actually been it's that been much maybe time. Maybe six weeks, two months. Yeah, something like that. So whatever. But you've basically you come to realise that when he went and when Leon went and got these guys, it was this 
here yeah. at this time and not uh, what where the season was at the, at the end of the season. So um, they're, they're there and Leon, the magnificent bastard, is still talking about TV. Apparently, he finished Seinfeld last season. So yeah. that so this season he's talking about how he tried Frasier and you know it had been recommended to him <laughs> but he found it unbelievable because Frasier kept having sex and yeah yeah it was all it was like I'm all for suspending my disbelief but yeah this is too much yeah and then he says so you know I don't got a lot of a lot of enemies and uh, enemies a lot of Emmys you can tell I'm 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 loop, loopy tonight so a lot of Emmys and sure this show I'm about to recommend only had one but if you want what was the exact phrase. Uh, I'm just I'm just looking for the exact way for is that if you want a believable protagonist, you got to check out Night Rider. I'm down. No, I actually did a little bit of meta commentary on this, and mm-hmm. I, I think there's a little bit of poking fun here at the audience because it's like, oh, the the more normal thing that's unbelievable. But the guy in the talking car, it, I think it's almost poking fun at us uh, jumping to like time travel and alternate realities when no, there's more more realistic explanations there for is, things yeah. going on. Yeah, and then again, you know, and he points out, you know, the 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 dependence on technology that, that mm. Knight Rider had, and it's kind of this this crutch. Yeah, he says it predicted the relationship that we have now, yeah, years ago. Uh, although, I mean, no no sentient talking cars quite yet, but. Soon, it's coming. Soon, yeah. We do have talking cars. We, do, we you know, you get three, your sat three, three to five years. It's always three to five years away. <laughs> All right, not in hindsight, but I sure. No, no, no. But whenever you're predicting something in the future, like something that you know that's vaguely soon, you're always three to five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, the news is playing. All the, the you know, phase two's happened. News is treating that you know, and it feels very realistic in that sense. Just to talk about realism, just that it really feels because like there's been a terror attack, and the way the news keeps repeating the same footage. Yeah, yeah. The nothing else is on. Yeah. I mean, we see it a few times you with uh, someone's flicking through channels. It's just, mm. it's just this. Yeah. Uh, so it takes them out into, into the car, and is driving them out, uh, out to the desert somewhere. And as they're driving. Obviously, like he he says, oh, another reason why Night Raider should be should be, have a statue is because of that theme tune. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, it's going to start playing. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, yes, I love this theme tune. And so I'm like, good. this is why they picked Night Raider because Night Raider, of course, is owned by Universal, which is also the owner of USA Network. So that makes a lot of sense. But um, so obviously, it's I love the idea that Sam Esmail just went. I get to use Night Raider as the intro to my, my show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is one where I think even if someone else had owned it, I think they could have just bought the rights to, to use the song. It know, could have, but that's make, I think that makes it easier. Like, it, was, it was easier, definitely, yeah. yeah. So, no, but we have the Night Raider intro <laughs> playing as they drive. But even then, like, as much as this is a, a funny little bit, I was, again, I was kind of reading into what was happening on the screen. I, I thought there was actually a bit of deeper meaning there. Uh, mainly... The idea that, like, how many times in this show? Think about it. Just the, the last two and a half seasons. Think, think about how many times have we seen shots like this in this show? This, these big, because what's happening here as the music's playing? It's big, wide open desert space with just this car driving into it. That, yeah, yeah, not very often. No, uh, I don't think I don't think I've ever seen that. Maybe specifically. not to that extent. I think the only times that we've seen anything, even you know, 
vaguely similar typically are these these intro sequences where the titles come up where it kind of gets a bit grandiose at times it's a bit grandiose but even like the, the, the one thing i can think of this season with driving was you know in the forest but it was all the narrow road whereas this is like yeah, big yeah. wide open broad daylight and all i could really what, what i really took from it was that oh now that we're post phase two we're in the, the great unknown. We're in. We're yeah. wide open. The, the doors yeah, have been blown wide say, open. Things have been blown yeah. wide open. That was the exact phrase I was about to use. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was feeling uh, uh, watching this scene. So you know, even though the, 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 at its core, is something silly is going on because we've got Night Raider playing. But you say silly, I say awesome. I mean, awesome and silly are not necessarily. No, opposites. no. I just want. I just want to make it clear. So we cut to Elliot. And he's still still staring at the TVs, and he's 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 emotional, so emotional that he goes straight to Krista, goes straight to his therapist. And what was really obviously he he can't see what happened. He's very emotional. He's very uh, basically has a panic attack and lets Mister Robot come out. But before that happens, what what I want to point out is the way he speaks to her. I thought was particularly interesting because. As as Elliot, I don't feel like he's ever spoken to her the way he does here in this scene because he actually says, "I'm sorry, Krista," and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like um, his usual thing where he's he's kind of disconnected and he's saying what he he thinks he's supposed to say. It feels like he's genuinely saying, "I'm sorry." Like I need to like uh, yeah. there's a genuine this this, to this has hit him in a way that yeah. not not many things in his life have. It's, it's kind of like, normally he goes to her because he's going through the motions and he's supposed to go and see her. This felt like, no, 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 he's there to speak to her as a person. It's, he's not. She's not just this, like, entity yeah. across the room, like normal. Uh, and I thought, oh man, this has really hit him. Like, in a way that nothing in this show has ever hit him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, I mean we talked about last week, this burden of guilt, you know, the, the way he feels responsible for all of this. And it, this is just, you know, the, the weight of that. Yeah, and his delivery as well, which I think is what really sells it. Because he, I'm, I'm sure he might have said, "I'm sorry, Krista or Krista," at one point dur- during the show. Probably, right? Yeah. But the way he would say it normally, he'd have that sort of deadpan. It'd be, it'd, it'd feel fake, it'd feel forced. But here, it just, it, it feels so genuine, mm. and that kind of actually translates as well over when we get Mister Robot. And let's not ignore that transition, the, the oh, horror yeah. movie esque with the distortion in the voice. And Do you know, what? I was, I was wondering at first until we got more of the Mister Robot stuff if it was Mister Robot not wanting Elliot to say what had happened. You know how mm. we got uh, like the la- last episode, yeah, where uh, you know where he was stopping him doing things, and it was yeah. always that crackling distortion before. But, but it was a different distortion though. It was. It yeah. was. Yeah. This was more like he was breaking down, which makes a lot of sense. Like, like I say, he's having like a panic attack, and he's letting Mister Robot come out, and to... it deteriorates as well. It it, yeah. it gets worse as it goes on. And he's you know, he's standing there just with the bookcase, and it's all dark, and it's a very horror movie. Like, but like, like I was saying, the idea that Elliot's be, being like more genuine and honest and open, it actually kind of translates to Mister Robot because Mister Robot last time he was he was with Krista, he was, it was very. Threat, very threatening, very not actually wanting to let her in on anything. Whereas yeah. here, I mean, I wouldn't say he's friendly per se, but he he does openly just kind of talk about things. He brings up, oh, Five Nine was meant to be this, and he brings it up. He's like, oh, I was the architect of Five Nine. Like he's telling her all this stuff, and he's like, oh, it was only meant to be one building, all the one paperwork. But then they go and do this. I mean, first of all, he is pissed. He's been played. He is pissed that he's been yeah, used. Yeah, yeah. He gives that whole mon- that monologue's excellent. But the bit where he tells you know, he says it's it's not me that Elliot has to worry about. It's the, the, the people, the real people, the real string pullers. Which I, think. I, I think a big theme of this episode, and I think we'll mention this a lot as we go on, is the idea that the Dark Army essentially serving White Rose are basically Evil Corp 2.0. And yes. they're, they're, they're worse. The, the idea that 
Evil Corp goes down, sure, but they're re- replaced with something just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. And, re- and from what we've seen, worse is definitely the word I'd use. I, I, I think that's fair, yeah. yeah. If Evil Corp, for all their faults, did not seem to be a terrorist organisation. No, no, exactly. Uh, but the idea that someone else rich and powerful just took over, and like the idea that Mr. Robot now has been played again by a different organisation, by someone else who they thought were also kind of like the F Society, but in actual fact were just representing the next Evil Corp, is a fascinating idea. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the, him being angry, him, and she's not really believing him, she's kind of, tra- kind of treating like a, a delusion, and he kind of sits down, and he's like, no, so put, put it together in your head, Elliot worked to all safe, which was instrumental uh, to 5-9, to, to like, think about it, and he, you know, and you can see that she's kind of getting convinced, she's kind of like, thinking about it, it's like, hmm, a lot of this feels really believable all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. Really good stuff. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to see if I missed anything in my... Oh, yeah, I noted down the line of dialogue that I thought was magical, which was sugar-coated pearls of semen. was uh, some great delivery as well on that line. Yeah, which he said they were all swallowing down. He's, he's referring to the the fabricated sort of story that the press are selling, that uh, the Dark, Dark Army, of course, are pushing... Uh, mm. That Tyrell's responsible, and of course, there's a lot more of that later on in the episode as well, in terms of what they're pushing. Is there? Yeah, it's it's um, it's pretty much what we jump to next is the Tyrell stuff. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, F- FBI, and it's uh, yeah. But we see a video. F Society is threatening another attack. Obviously, I immediately thought, okay, this is another fake. This is not F Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only line I really took down from this uh, video was mm. at the end. You know, this is the, the clock is ticking. And of course, you know, it's typical threatening speech, but it, it, knowing that F Society is coming through White Rose, it seems particularly relevant. Yeah, t- time's obviously a big theme with uh, yeah. her and the show's general at this point, given how much we talk about time travel and <laughs> yeah. alternate realities. Uh, so basically the gist of this scene is that Tyrell's lawyer is A, pointing out that they actually have nothing to really charge him with, and B, that they're trying to like put this on him but they're essentially debating whether or not they want to make a deal with him to get to the the actual perpetrators. And Dom clearly believes none of this. She thinks this is full of shit the entire and, time. And see, he's technically right in what he's saying, but he's also a smug dick. Oh, he is. He's, he's smug as hell. What, what, yeah, what was really sticking out to me about this scene was Dom's kind of just reactions to everything that was going on. She was getting yeah. more frustrated, desperate, frantic even. As the scene goes on, she starts like letting her feelings show, and she's like, "Oh, this is bullshit," uh, which which you know bleeds into the into the next scene. It kind of moves right into like her and Santiago, because Santiago at the start of the scene with the lawyer is very much you know Mister FBI. He's like, "No, no, this guy is guilty. This guy's got this evidence," and blah 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 blah. But over the course of like, it's almost like he's playing his part well, where he starts off being you know hardcore. No, this is our guy, but he he lets himself be convinced by the end of the scene, just just bit by bit. Yeah, yeah. and then the next scene when he's with with Dom, Dom's like you know. So let's do this, let's, let's bring Elliot, let's bring Darlene, let's bring Angela, let's bring them all in and try and get this Dark Army involvement, like, sort of panned out. And he's, like, talks her out of it, and he gets very heated, and you can tell that she's, she's like, this, this is not right. She actually says the line, something's not adding up. And he's like, what does that what it mean? And I'm like, you know what it means, dickhead. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know all too well what it means. And I don't necessarily think that she... I mean, she she may suspect him at this point. I I, 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 I don't think she does. I don't think he's yeah. done enough to earn suspicion. Only, only things that we know are weird because we see them and we have the the context of knowing who he is. I, I, I would maybe by the by the end of the episode, she has an inkling. Like maybe not like a super like you know. Yeah. And, but just the idea that 
there's not not specifically him, but the idea that there's someone in the FBI also helping them. That's true, and we know there's somewhat of a trail to Santiago now as well. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we actually cut to Angela next, and yeah. Darlene comes by, and Angela is just sitting watching the news of all the. Uh... Oh, Angela's already, sorry, Darlene's already there. She came by last episode. <laughs> but she comes by again later. Yeah, she does, which is why I got confused for a second. But Angela's sitting there and she's just flicking through, she's just watching the news and it's and she's obsessing over the number of the people who have died. She's like, oh, it's, uh, they're saying it's maybe 3,000 now. Uh, yeah. And she's just watching and she's just staring out. And this is actually what I wrote down Angela is broken. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. the first thing is, she's not even that broken yet. She gets more broken later on, but I already wrote down here Angela yeah. is broken. She just keeps saying, you know, they're going to be okay. Yeah, that, that was the line that I wrote down, actually, was because uh, she just turns to the darling, she's like, oh, they're going to be okay. And I'm like, she is goddamn broken, right? Like, that is... Yeah, and, and, and Darlene's like, who? She's like, oh, you know, the, the, the 3,000. And Darlene's like, okay, I'm going to go get my stuff. Yeah, don't you, you move. You, you, need, you need help. <laughs> I'm staying here. <laughs> don't, you, don't you move a muscle, Angela. Yeah, and obviously for a second I'm thinking, is she still thinking time travel here? Because she obviously she thinks her parents are co- coming back. I think she still does to some extent. She still thinks this is going to be undone. To, to an extent, more on that later. I feel we'll leave that there because that yeah. seems very quick. The, the real meat with her comes later. Uh, then we're with Tyrell. It's basically a big FBI chunk next. It kind of splits it into three. One quick scene with Tyrell with this FBI guy. He wants to see his family. The guy's like, look, sure, I'll go and pass that on, but I need you to look through this the book of suspects and like point out who's responsible for this and he's looking through and i'm like i can kind of see where this is going now this is, this is where i got the inkling i'm like hmm i feel like i know what he's there to do yeah especially given what else is going on in the episode uh i mean i, I do have a question based on you mm-hmm. know what what we were speculating last week did the note tell him about his family no did he no no you don't think so based on i've seen in a second yeah yeah uh, that, that's the thing I was just even when I was watching this scene I was like right how much is he just doing this how much is you know how much does he know yeah no I, I think his reaction when he actually finds out tells me that no he did not know because uh, I, I think I, I think a big part of this episode beyond you know the idea of the evil new power coming into power and mm. like taking over I think the idea that several people realising they've been played, Mr. Robot being one, I think Tyrell even here feels that like he's been played as well. Definitely. Even though, like, like, Joanna's death had nothing to do with Dark Army. We know that. At least we think we do. I mean, <laughs> that guy didn't seem to we, be... We assume that. Yeah. Like, but obviously, at the same time, they're cold. They didn't care. They don't give a shit. Yeah, I, I don't think it was Dark Army because I don't think Dark Army had anything to gain by potentially losing Tyrell like this. Mm. It was way easier for them to just keep her around yeah because they had to keep her keep it a secret until now because it, yeah. like, it wasn't until after he'd pointed out who they were that uh, you know after that santiago goes in and we get that scene but before we get to that santiago's in his office he's on his phone with his mother again who has like medical treatment to get and he's upset because she's told someone that he was, she was told not to leave the house yeah before, this is it yeah. whoever she's told I, I don't know who but there's a trail now I'm like, there's something to follow dom Find his mother. <laughs> Find yeah. Santiago's mother. This is it. This is it. This is it now. This is this is him doing. He, I think it's actually kind of really uh, interesting that his him caring about his mother is what's going to bring him down. It's his humanity. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's gonna, it's, it's, gonna it's, it's a nice him. reversal. And he, much like Dom, he's also getting stressed. He's 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 feeling stressed and panicky, which is actually one of the the big things that I pointed out for the next uh, chunk of the scene where he goes to see Tyrell. 
is I think he actually, when he goes to see Tyrell, he has to feel powerful again. He feels weak and he feels powerless. So he goes to Tyrell and he basically just says the worst things possible because he wants to feel like he's the one in charge. He wants to feel like Tyrell's a small person. I'm the one in control. I'm the one who has authority here because he felt like he was losing that in the previous scene. Uh, so I think from his character, like, he intentionally makes it worse than it has to be uh, when he goes back in. Because uh, obviously, just to point out here, the guy comes in who got had the book and he's like, yeah, he's pointed out the, the two suspects. And I'm like, oh God, I know who that, those two are. This is bad. This is so, so bad. Uh, but more on that later. We So he goes back in and he turns the camera off. And I just want to talk about there's, there's a piece of gorgeous music playing up to that point. Oh, and sure. it, it yeah. cuts off with the camera. I think because I think we've mentioned it a few times this season the way where they've cut in and out of music cues has been really interesting, and I thought this one was one as well where, you know, it, it was like okay, this is all this is all fake, this is all for show, this piece of music, all this emotion, and then we cut it off with the camera because that's it. Now now we can be real. Yeah, it even says that I mean, now we yeah. can we can be true to each other because no one else is listening, and you know like he goes out of his way to be extra cruel about this. Like I say, he wants to feel powerful because. He's like, oh, so you want to see your family, and Tyrell kind of still, you know, he's still kind of terrified about what's going on. He's like, he just kind of nods, and he basically Tyrell starts the sentence, and he just cuts him off with Joanna's dead. Mm. He just cuts him off. He just jumps in with it. Yeah, and he he doesn't believe it. He's just like, nah, this is bullshit. Oh, my favorite part of that is, uh, I think he denies it first, sort of more normally, but then the second time he denies it, Tyrell he just kind of sits and goes, no, no. He says it like three times before he says anything else, and it just the acting was really good there. I thought it was, yeah. And that's just kind of why, like, no, there's no way he he knew about this before. This is agreed. This is genuine reaction. This. Uh, that said, the best line I thought again, making him feel powerful from Santiago, uh, is when he's talking about his son. And he's saying, "Oh, if you if you tell anyone about me, if you try and disrupt the plan that the Dark Army's put you in here for, uh, you'll be dead before you could even see her grave. But then the line that really, really, I thought was dark as shit. And it was a, I've never actually heard a threat made about someone's kid uh, put this way, which, and I thought it was like a really smart way of doing it, is he says, I will make it my mission to ensure that your son becomes another statistic. <laughs> yeah, that is evil. That That is a really dark line. Because it's like, not only are you going to do something really bad, you only use the system and the, yeah, he's already that. joking about the system. Like yeah. I say, joking. It's, it's very dark. You I mean he's going? Oh yeah, you know, I hear the, the abuse rate at that place is only one in five. So you know, pretty good odds. I'm sure it'll be fine. Mm. Uh, it's because it's, it's so dismissive. It's like, your son's not even a person to me. He's just a number. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, uh, and obviously Tyrell's upset. You see him on when he turns the camera back on. Tyrell's just crying. And he leaves. My favorite moment in the whole scene though is at the end of the scene. Because Santiago leaves the, the room, he shuts the door, and the music's playing, but... The, Comes back on with the camera. Yeah. You hear no sound from inside the room, but you see Tyrell screaming his lungs out. Like, he is letting letting it cut loose. And on top of that, I just noted down as well that uh, there's blinds on the on the door, yeah. like, on the window on the door, and I just note down that he feels caged. He feels trapped. Because now, now he's bound into this. He's agreed to put himself in for the Dark Army, set up these two people, and now he's like, he can't get out of this, he's, he's lost his wife, he, he may get his son back, but I mean... Like, he has no idea, yeah. Yeah, so now, now he's, he's, he's been played, he's, he, this is his moment of realising I have been manipulated, like they've been, because even, it, 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 Santiago specifically tells him, she's been dead for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. 
and so he's you know he's raging. Like I say, he feels caged. And I think the blinds represent that because it's just like almost like a sort of, you know cell kind of thing. So it's it's a very classic uh, use of that, isn't it? You see yeah. you see it a lot in 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 all sorts of movies of uh, caged or you know the. You know, there's some of the, the windows with the diamond patterns. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of those sort of ideas are used to represent that. And then the idea that he's screaming but we can't hear him, a, it's a really good visual, but I think, again, it's the idea that the Dark Army doesn't care. They don't care yeah. that he's screaming. They don't hear him. Yeah, so exactly. He's, he's screaming in a vacuum. So it's that simple. Uh, really, really good stuff. Uh, so we go back to the desert, uh, and <laughs> Leon's uh, digging a grave, uh, so, so Tretton and Mobley are on their own in the car, so they, they start chatting, and I mean, I say chatting as if it's a casual little chat. They, they are not, not in a good mood. But uh, so, key plot point here, which is especially given how the episode ends, especially. Of yeah, not. yeah, but it was key already. Like enough that, like, because obviously you you do your note run on a second watch, so you yeah. have knowledge of the ending for things that you might want to point out. Whereas I'm just on the on, on the first watch through, I'm just jotting them down as I go. So I think it was, and it it it's, it shows which things are, are crucial. Where okay, even on the first time you go, no, that's important. Yeah. Uh, so m- mentioned that Trenton was was going to send an email off to the FBI detailing everything they'd done, like who was involved, so on. And she didn't send it, but she mentions that she's got her computer set up so that if she doesn't get back to it for X amount of time, you know, i.e., she you know doesn't make it back at all, uh, it'll automatically send to someone she trusts. Now, obviously, first of all, we're like, okay, who's the who's the person she trusts? Yeah, that was that's the good question, isn't it? Because your first thought is maybe Darlene, but like, what's the worth of sending it to her? You know, in this she situation, knows, yeah. And, and I, I, there was always a bit of rivalry between her and Darlene as well. Yeah, there was, a bit, there was always a bit of tension, so I wouldn't, sh- I wasn't sure that that would play up for me. Yeah, part of me just wonders if it's just Dom directly. Like, it cause, could be because you remember she because she, she spoke to Dom last season. There was like a yeah. There was a, or was, no, it was Mobley she spoke to. It wasn't Dom. It wasn't yes. uh, Trent. Yeah, yeah, it was Mobley. Uh, but uh, part of me just wonders. Like. I can see it, but then, but my question is, all right, why do you trust her? No, that's true. That's true. Uh, but I don't know. I, I mean, is it just someone in her family? That feels too obvious that the Dark Army would go looking for it. It does. It does because she doesn't want to get anyone in, put anyone in danger. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, anyone who she sends that to is in danger immediately. As as uh, which, which is why I feel like Dom's still the the most logical guess because okay it's FBI but it's someone that she at least she believes isn't corrupted. I also think it would be good for Dom's story if she gets that email, given where we end up with yeah. her by the end of the episode. I feel like that would be the perfect person to receive it. But it is it, does it line up that she trusts her? I guess maybe we'll, maybe there's more to it that we'll find out if that does yeah. turn out to be the case. But uh, re- real interesting stuff. Um, so I think you know, the rest of the scene, though, what it was really doing for me uh, is that they start talking. You know, uh, Mobley's like, "Oh, I, may, I was going to have a date with this girl," and so on. And they kind of joke about how, "Yo, you're not," because really, he was on like a Jewish dating app, and he's like, "Oh, you're not really Jewish," and like, "Ah, come like one eighth, whatever." And he's like explaining it, he's sort of justifying it, and she's like, "Well, I should be back home with my family. They'll be worried sick about me." And we knew that her family meant something to her because we saw scenes with her family last season. Yeah. And all I could think, especially on the on the second viewing, was like. All this is doing is reminding me why I like these two, and reminding me that these are real people with real things, and making making them human, making them have. Yeah, one of my notes in this scene says, "Oh, I've missed these two. Yeah, uh, I I really enjoyed seeing them again. Uh, I think Trenton specifically is actually quite funny, uh, and a really sort of deadpan kind of way. Yeah, definitely. So they play off each other really well as well. Like, 
especially so watching it again i'm like oh man this is just them reminding everyone why we like these two before yeah. the end of the episode it is exactly so yeah so, so she actually gets out of her restraints because they've got like a, a fancy uh it's like a number locked uh it, bind. it's kind of like a, a bike chain kind of like yeah. the sort of thing you'd wrap around your bike yeah maybe it should be one of those actually to be honest yeah that's what it looked like to me but uh she gets out of hers and he's like, okay, right, get us out of here. Because obviously, at this point, Leon's out digging the grave. He's away, thinking that there's nothing they can do. And she's like, I can't drive. And he's like, what? You, you, you're like a genius. You've got an IQ level of, like, whatever. Like, what, and you, you can't drive automatic. And she's like, well, I lived in the city. I never had to learn. <laughs> this is cracking me up. Oh, man. And she's like, just go. We're in the desert. You're not going to crash into anything. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking in my head. Uh, of course, naive. Yes, of me yes. to think that uh, why would you think that? i was like or i was like well this is gonna go wrong because she, she floors it and she's zigzagging around she ends up hitting a rock even though there's so much open space to not hit anything she hits the rock which i'm not going to say this is intentional but it reminds me actually just given that leon brought it up of a fraser episode I don't know if you... Did you ever watch Fraser? Uh, only the odd episode here. There's an episode where it turns out that neither Fraser or Niles ever learned to ride a bike. So they, uh, the other people in the show teach them how to ride a bike. Because it's like, oh, they, they've been like, dared to like do this bike uh, race for charity or whatever it is. And Fraser's got this, this fear. And the joke in the episode is, is that no matter what, every time he like starts to ride a bike is he'll just turn around and hit the closest thing he could possibly hit. You'll just you'll, you'll, you'll it, turn. It, it, it's almost a shame Leon didn't reference this. Yeah, it's almost like, like he makes. I think at the end of the episode because he thinks he's over it and then the race starts and he turns literally ninety degrees and then hits like a post box. Like it, it, it's you know that's the joke and it just it made me laugh that like you could almost accidentally not hit anything for miles and she somehow hit the one rock that was yeah. an yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just it made me think of that. So, yeah. no, that's fair. But to get serious about this for a second, again, I was being analytical as I was watching it. I'm like, what does this kind of represent? And I was actually kind of thinking that this this whole car, like, steal and then crash, actually represented their story about 5'9". The idea that she was doing something that she couldn't really... You know, she was in over her head, she was out of her depth, Mm -hmm. and it kind of crashed and burned. And that was kind of making me think, oh, they were so into, like, you know, being part of F Society, doing the hack, 5-9. But this was much bigger than they ever thought it was. They didn't really know what they were doing in that sense. And it's came to bite them in the ass. Like, they've crashed and burned. But the, ent- the entire episode is them crashing and burning because yeah, of what they did. I, I took it in a similar way. It was about the, the futility of, okay, they didn't really have any control over what they were doing. In the mm. same way that she doesn't really have any control over the car. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so... Yeah, so that's kind of where we end there. Oh, well, Leon cracks a joke about you don't treat a Cadillac like that, but you know. I miss Leon as well, admittedly. I, 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 I did too. I mean, he's, he's a funny guy. Uh, so Krista has a quick scene where she's talking to like her, uh, her lawyer, maybe? Or I didn't quite catch exactly who it was. I, I, I wasn't sure. I was wondering if maybe another another sort of therapist. Maybe another therapist, yeah. But uh, basically she's like, oh, I think he was involved. She actually believes that he may have been involved with uh, mm. A5 then and B this phase two. Obviously no one else is calling that in the show, but <laughs> we are. And she's like, oh, like, I should probably like turn him in. It's like, no, no, no. Like, unless it's something he's not done yet and he's planning to hurt someone, you can't actually break, uh, you know, confidentiality. Uh, or You'll like, lose your license. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, and that, that was just that, that was a quick scene, but she just the point was yeah, she, she looks very concerned at the end still, even even after that. Hmm. 
so we come back to Angela. This is where Darlene comes back, and she's sitting right in front of the TV. She's you know like a kid. You know, she's down on her knees in front of the TV, and she's like rewinding and watching this footage of the buildings going down. And I'm like, God damn it! And also, it says update. Uh, for, you know, four thousand plus of are yeah. now confirmed dead, and they expect it to keep going up. And Darlene yeah. comes in and like you know she sits down, so yeah, what are you doing? And she says, uh, "It doesn't matter. No matter what happens, everyone will be fine." And she's like, "What, what do you mean? Is it another attack?" It's like, "Oh, I wouldn't know anything about those." I don't. And she's st- she's just staring at the TV the entire time. I wouldn't know anything about those. She sometimes turns and looks at Darlene, but it's, again, she's still sort of staring with those big wide eyes, like no blink, no yeah. blinking allowed. Yeah. And uh, so everything will be fine. Look here, I'll show you. And I'm like, okay, where's she going with this? Yeah, and and, and Darlene's doing the same. She's like, what, what, what what's going on here? But and I need to know. Also, kind of out of uh, out of character for the show's music, this soft piano kind of starts yeah. playing, and it, yeah, I, I, it really is like just just look at the the fragility of all this. Yeah, I like the idea. It's because no, she's because she is broken. We're we're going simpler with the music almost. It's like no, this is just and. Yeah. She's like, she rewinds, so she, she, she plays the, the building, it's like, it's like cell phone footage on the on the TV, and the building sort of explodes and starts to like collapse in itself, and she presses rewind, and then pauses it, and she, and she turns to Darlene and says, see, everyone's fine, and I just... The, I, my heart sank when I realised what, what she was talking about. I, I got like such a, it was like half smirk, half like concern. On my because it was like oh she, this is because she still thinks time travel is a thing and she's she thinks everyone will be okay yeah yeah <laughs> but but honestly I was just like oh oh Angela yeah she's she is so I keep saying broken but she is so goddamn broken she, she's this, is, this this feels like I I don't know how much she really believes in this but now she she has to just desperation yeah, she's trying to convince she's herself like, I can't have killed all these people I can't have been part of that. And Joe, you know funny. Joe, you know funny to me is that this is the first time. I, you know, I think up until now, like we've obviously we've speculated about what what his machine does, what White Rose is up to, time travel, alternate realities, whatever. This is the first time where I've honestly felt like it's all a lie, and this was yeah. just it was just sold to Angela this way to get her to go along with things, and like because as she's talking about, it, as she's saying, "Look, see, I'll show you again." And she rings it again, and she, she's like, "See, everyone's fine. It's fine," and I'm like. I actually no, she's completely crazy right now. I I don't believe a word of, the, of this now. Like I'm actually no. on board with the. I mean, I know. See if it wasn't for the fact that we actually shot, saw a machine because we saw him building something, right? So we know there's yeah, something going on. Yeah, you would think on. there was nothing at all. Yeah, if there wasn't for that, I would think there was zero things going on. I agree. Yeah, but obviously we've seen it, so we know there's something. But yeah, and and, and obviously to play into that with the little bit we do get with Zhang and you know referencing this, it very much implies that he's played her to some extent. Hmm. Yeah, uh, manipulation. That that was yeah. the, the the word specifically. Um, but but yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's pretty much all I had for that scene. But no, it was just really oh, that, that's, sad. That scene was genuinely devastating. It like, was devastating. Yeah, like you're just watching her play it over and over again, and and at first you just think she's just living with the guilt of watching it, and then the realization that it's it's her going. No, look, they're going to be okay. You know, her, her convincing herself of that. It's it's really just really sad. It's not the last, the last devastating scene in this episode either. It's not. Just, just no, morning. Bloody not. <laughs> so, we're at Irving's, Mr. Robot shows up, and he's still Mr. Robot. That, that's a key point. We don't see Elliot again the whole episode. Like, yeah. he, he is, like, cocooned himself inside, and Mr. Robot's the one driving. 
and uh, no pun intended because he's at uh, the, uh, the the car dealership. But he uh, he, he goes in and he's looking for Irving, and he, he gets he sees him, but he gets uh, knocked out by Dark Army, you know, yeah, soldiers with big masks. Uh, honestly, the only thing I want to point out about this scene, beyond just the, what happened in it, which we just did, is the song that was playing as he came in. Did you notice the lyrics? Mm, no. They repeated this a few times. I can make you dance. I can make you sing. Mm, okay. Again, going back to the idea of puppeteering, manipulation. Yeah, puppeteering, be, exactly. Uh, it was just really... Again, I didn't notice it the first time. It was the second time I watched it and I was taking my notes. So I was just listening to the song because I'd already heard the dialogue. So I was just yeah. listening to the song. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's that saying? <laughs> that seems really specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we cut to Zhang and Price. Uh, they're still, still at the party. And... Z- Kind of like how Elliot was speaking in ways I'd never heard him speak before. Well, at least with Kirsta, right? Price in this scene, we have never seen Price react like this. We've never seen Price look scared like this. We've never seen Price get this angry before. No, talking about people being broken. Yeah, again, yeah, more people being broken. And, yeah, yeah, so... And, of course, I love the way that Zang, as, he, as Price sits down, he's like, hey, there is some good news after today. Uh, my, my government, uh, you know... That 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 e-coin thing you want to push through—that's done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and and he makes a point of going, "Hey, you know, e-corp's too big to fail. Yeah. It, it's fine." But he's like, "I won't." He's like, "Yeah, yeah. Like e-corp will survive in some capacity, but I'm done. Like I'm I'm the CEO who let all this happen. I'm 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 gone." Yeah. And it it, it becomes really clear that we we I mean we already knew this because we already heard him say, "Oh, do phase two on this day, even though we don't need to." But like. It becomes very clear that, yeah, this phase two thing, this going after Price didn't actually have to happen. As Price points out, he got everything he wanted anyway. Yeah, this this was just, it, it was a personal vendor. Yeah, this, this was a personal thing. He brings up Angela, he's like, oh, you said that night that you would deal with this lawsuit, and you didn't. So I had to manipulate her. And, it, you know, you get quick flashes of her as White Rose. And it almost makes me wonder, like, does White Rose just exist to manipulate people? Like, think about every time I've actually seen White yeah. Rose. It's always been talking to Elliot, talking to Angela. No, no, you're right, because we've always been under the impression that they are two distinct personalities. You know, that's the assumption mm. we've been working under. Like, uh, you know, in, in the same way as Elliot and Mr. Robot. Maybe they work together, but two separate personalities. But what what if they're not? What if, what if one is just a cover? Mm, it could be. Uh, that seems like it. Um, but yeah, and I also noticed, I actually kind of liked how realistic the uh, the room was in this scene, because as it's going on, they're getting kind of louder. Well, Price is getting louder. I mean, Sang's, <laughs> yeah. Sang's content the entire time. Yeah, I think I, think, I think when, when it really gets to it is when Price stands up and calls him a mother effer. Yeah, uh, but you can just sort of see throughout the scene, gradually more and more of the extras in the background are turning around and kind of looking at them. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it, it felt really believable the way they started staring at them. It yeah. worked really well in that sense. But, so it's going on, and then, so you didn't have to do this, you didn't have to do this, and I, I wrote down this, this this wasn't about actually needing to do it, this was just about power, this was just about his ego, this was about just him thinking that he's important enough that he can he can do this to just prove a point. As he puts it, he just wanted to teach a lesson, and that lesson was, after, after Price demands he wants the actual reason, he says, I had to ask you twice. And then he just gets up and walks away. Yeah, yeah. So it's the ultimate power play, isn't it? It's like going, no, you, I, I asked you once, and you do it, and you are now a lesson to everyone else that this is why you do what I say. Yeah, it, it's nothing but part. It's nothing but here's who big my giant billionaire cock is. 
That's all yeah. the scene. That's all zangers in this scene. Pretty much. I, I did like some of the the the, the phrasing that he was talking about. You know, he says, uh, "I installed you as CEO." Thought yeah. it was a, an interesting choice of, of, of word given all the you know the, the, the hacking yeah. stuff. Yeah. He also is. Like, oh, he mentions how the previous CEO met a, an untimely end. Yeah, and and he he wants Price to, to hire his own replacement. <laughs> oh man, god damn it! So. At this point, like given all the people he's killed, you're like, okay, Dark Army are definitely evil. Zhang is definitely evil, but still, they're going to be more evil by the end of the episode. Yeah. Because it, because it's a bit more personal by the end. We go back to the desert. Uh, the fact, Leon's got Tretton and Mobley actually digging in the grave now, which is clearly just for one person and clearly just for the uh, the one body they've got in the in the car. Yeah, and, uh, I think it was uh, Trent who puts that together pretty easily. He's like, yeah. "Look, this 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 clearly isn't big enough for all of us." Yeah. Also, I I didn't think because they're just kind of talking about, "Oh, what did the Dark Army want with us? Maybe they want us to like do something." Yeah, for they want them. to recruit us. And I liked that Leon sort of shouts over, "Hey, I can hear you. Uh, everything you say, even from over here." And all I could think was, "Yeah, that's what the Dark Army's like. They, they they're monitoring and listening to everyone." Like. This is like, yeah. they think they're being on watch, but literally in this scene, someone who works for the Dark Army is like, no, I can hear you. Like, you're not mm. actually hiding anything from me. Uh, I thought that was a, an interesting little touch. Uh, so there, there we go to Mr. Robot and Irving. Uh, and yes. Mr. Robot's taking him to... He's, he's there for a job. He's there to, like, you know, clean up someone who's OD'd at a pa- posh party. Uh, but he, Mr. Robot gets out of the car, and he's like, hey, look at these people. And there's up in a roof, it's, you know, it's a fancy, you know, patio, a, you know, party Balcony, yeah. yeah it's just you know all these rich people clearly and obviously this is still a day of phase two like there's been a the, the, as dom phrased it earlier the biggest terror attack on u.s soil that, that was the exact phrasing that was used yeah and they're they're having a, a, a soiree is maybe the word they would use and yeah i think the word he uses is uh, shindig shind- uh, shindig's a good one too mm. uh not quite a hootenanny no no it's not not quite i mean that- maybe need a bit more coke for that that was a reference to a joke from the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I know. I was just trying to brush past it. <laughs> Before you could get that out. But, alright, it didn't work. Oh, no. If I've got a Buffy reference planned, it's, it's coming. It's happening. So, no. So, basically, he... Kind of like what we talk a lot of the themes of this episode, he explains to Mr. Robot, look, hey... The rich will always be there. Sure, someone might replace them, and it may be a new rich entity, it may be a new powerful corporation, but they'll always be replaced, they'll always be there. This is kind of futile. Uh, you know, even says, like, oh, this isn't even your uh, revolution. That, it only happened because it was bought and paid for by them, which it was. The Dark Army, like, which, which helped out with 5-9, were doing an aid of the new corporation that was going to kind of, like, come in and take yeah. over. To Basically, I mean, when you think, like, if, the, if the Dark Army is behind E-Corp at this point, uh, I mean, they have been for a while, clearly, mm. and E-Coin is the new global currency, which they now control. They control the world's economy now. Literally, yeah. before it was more f- figuratively. It's like okay, you know, we're the big capitalist corporations. We we have a lot of power, but now they literally control the money. Yeah, I, I was actually another thing the the price scene was that you know he, he openly talks about oh yeah like I understood five nine why he did that like he was in on it. he's like yeah I get why that happened yeah yeah I, I didn't I mean he didn't know about it beforehand he, he was a bit of a swerve as he points out but he's like oh, I get why you did that 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 put pressure on everyone to move things along then I was like a sort of almost a fabricated it, it crisis. Like yeah. You can see the logic in it. It's, it was an awful thing, but you can understand it. Yeah. So, one thing I didn't notice uh, is that, especially since it looked weird, is this is like one of the first times in the show 
we've seen Mr. Robot without his glasses, and I thought that was a really that, interesting... yeah, and, and no hat or glasses was really throwing yeah. me. And I, I, I can't really say much about the hat, but the glasses, I kind of felt like, oh, he's seeing the truth for the first time. He's seeing clearly. Yeah. Um, it's funny that usually it would be putting the glasses on that does that. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I think... I, I guess the argument here is Elliot doesn't wear the glasses, so it's more like, you know, he's seeing through through Elliot's eyes a bit more. Yeah, I, I think that. I think maybe just the idea that you, like... It's not so much that regular glasses make things murky. It's the idea yeah, of like yeah. rose tinted glasses, for example. If you take the rose tinted yeah. glasses off, you see things for how they really are, and it's more that kind of yeah, metaphor, definitely. I think. Uh, but no, it's it's kind of like it, this is Mister Robot realizing he's being played. It's realizing, and I'm really fascinated by what his goal is going to be now. Like what Mister Robot's goal is going to be beyond yeah. maybe just getting back at them, like to prove that he is not just a another like a, a, another sheep to be played with another you know cog in their machine you know because it's kind of like how Elliot's dad was used for something and then just discarded and now even though they were fighting against what they thought was the just oh we're going to fight against E-Corp we're going to do this it turns out they were just being used by someone else who was even worse yeah uh, and and this is it and we know that, that he's been working against Elliot for you know the past half a season even uh, but now it's like no we need to work together we need to take these down we need to go after them and I think I could be wrong, but what I imagine the next episode is is going to be them having to communicate, uh, Mister Robot, kind of having to get a hold of Elliot, bring him back out, bring him out of this cocoon, as he, you know, and kind of get him functioning again. It wouldn't surprise me if the whole next episode, or most of the next episodes, inside Elliot's head with like yeah, him. I, I, I can see it honestly. Yeah, uh, I mean, it may not be, but like, I can see it totally being, totally yeah. being that. Um, but like, I'm, I, I just, I. <laughs> Just this idea that he's been used again, and it's like, okay, it's almost the reason why they wanted to get back at E-Corp in the first place has just happened again with Dark Army. So now, like, we have this foe that, unlike E-Corp for us as the viewer, we've actually seen the entire genesis of, we've seen the entire start-to-finish story of how he's interacted with Dark Army. Yeah. And we know that this is the 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 middle point of the show. Like, Esmail said that Phase 2 is the middle of the show. And given that it's the middle of a season as well, that makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, it, it lines up, yeah. Yeah, if, if we're going to have five seasons, this is directly the middle of the show. And I just, like, I wonder, like, this, this is all about building the, the greater threat. And I, I think ultimately maybe the lesson that some of the characters are going to have to learn is that they, they can't just get rid of all the big corporations. There has to be more of a, a learning curve along I with agree. that. agree. And, you know, we talk about this being the middle of the show. I think that's really fascinating just from a structural point of view of, okay, this middle of the show was something done out of a personal vendetta. It wasn't even part of the plan. uh, And, you know, look how devastating it was. 4,000 people, probably more once, you know, it goes up. 71 buildings. What's next? Where where does it go? It's the disregard for for human life. I mean, as much as it's a personal vendetta, it's the, the kind of the idea that the powerful people don't care about the little person. Yeah, yeah. And the the powerful person, they're all just numbers to him. He doesn't care. So it kind of enforces that idea that just on this whim, he's just done this, and does it even matter? Yeah, I think ultimately the lesson's got to be because obviously the the point here of of the original plan was let's just get rid of E Corp. Let's just get rid of the corporation. Hmm. Whereas I think it has to be. Okay, no, we'll have the corporations exist, but we, they have to be, you know, more con- accountable. Yeah, have to be able to, to keep them in check and somehow. That said, that sounds really boring when you describe it that way. I have no doubt that Esmail will find a much oh, I'm, more. Oh, I'm in- sure I'll be. It'll be yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying you know, the, the the core yeah. lesson. A much a much more interesting way of putting that across. Yeah, yeah. Uh, depending on where it goes, but no. So, 
no, fascinating scene in that sense, just, just from a character perspective. Uh, we're back with Trent and Mobley, um, and this is just when Leon's kind of leaving them to like the the Dark Army guy. But yeah, he's... there's a, a great uh, transition into this with the music. So obviously you have the the violinist up on the the building playing. Mm-hmm. And it carries over into the next scene. And again, it doesn't cut where you think it would, because usually it would cut on the edit. Instead, it waits a few seconds until he slides the door shut, and then it closes with the outside world. The music goes off. Hmm. But Leon is leaving, and he's like, oh, I kind of like you two. And again, it's almost like he's, he's been in the audience here. He's like, oh, I kind of like you two. Uh, I'm just a chaperone. This guy's he'll decide what to do with you, but, you know, I'm hoping he'll treat you right. Yeah. <laughs> and he just leaves. Yeah. And again, I think it's added again to this idea of no accountability. Where he's like, isn't a, like, yeah, okay, I'll let you and I hope they don't kill you, but ultimately, I'm not going to worry myself over it. And he just leaves. Yeah. Tons of blind eye, as, as it were. Um, so, we actually cut to a small scene with these characters we've never met. <laughs> um, but they're wearing the same outfits that uh, Trent and Mobile have been wearing. So, wherever they've been working, this is where these guys are working. And. Uh, it comes on the news that oh, the FBI are looking for the, the true perpetrators behind this attack. And it looks up, and his pictures are Trenton and Mobley. And this is where the title of the episode comes from. He's like, hey, it's Frederick and Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> um, which obviously has been their alias uh, when they've been they've been hiding out since, since the end of season two. So, basically, the next rest of the episode is cutting between Trenton and Mobley and the FBI sort of coming to this house, coming to the house where, where Mobley lives. And it was actually very clear right away that the, the FBI scenes take place later because it was nighttime. Whereas yeah. the, the scene, the actual scene started with Trenton and Mobley, it was daytime, it was broad daylight. Yeah, it, it was really obvious and I like that it didn't try and trick you with that. It's like, no, it's just let you know immediately. Oh yeah, you know it's going to be later, you just don't know what the aftermath of whatever happens it was going to be. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, it, it still works. I don't think there's any point during that entire thing where you think, oh, they're going to walk in exactly when the Dark Army guys are still there. There was never a thought in my head no, that, exactly. that that was going to be what happened. So, take them into the gar- garage, uh, which I said that way for, for all the yeah, audiences. You, you had to force yourself to say yeah, that. Yeah, I had to think you? about it. If I say it that way, I have to think about it, because garage is the way that naturally rolls out my, uh, my tongue. Yes, yeah. uh, but... So they've got like computers set up, they've got like maps out, they've got like all these plans, it's, it's like this fabricated thing. And because I, I, I've already, like, as soon as they mentioned earlier on that they've got the, the two suspects have been ID'd, I'm like, it's these two. They're going to set them up, they're going to make them take the fall. Yeah, it, it's it's hinted at really nicely earlier on as well yeah. from uh, when Mr. Robot's talking to Krista. He says, you know, oh, they're going to set us up to be the fall guy, you know, like, we're, we're going to take the blame for this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not him specifically, of course, as it turns out, but. Yeah, absolutely. His, his, his group, the the core founders of this premise, and yeah, so it's like yeah, you you only like because the Dark Army guy he talks about how they're willing to die for their cause, and again, I was kind of thinking about how this is Trent and Mobley again being out of their depth with you know they started F Society with well not start but they, they were there from the beginning more or less with Elliot with Darlene and the idea that they were out of their out of their element doing this and they didn't really realise what it was going to go to and this Dark Army guy is saying no if you're going to be part of this cause like us you have to be willing to die like us yeah I think this is it we cl- we cl- see very clearly that they're not willing to die I mean they're begging not to be killed mm. all seen because they you know they figure out pretty quickly what, what what's going on here and you know I think that's the point where when they got involved in 5-9 the same with Elliot as well it was kind of just a let's do this because we can there was never any real conviction yeah, and I th- I think this this is them like not realizing 
the severity of what they were doing and it's escalated yeah. with these other people now and they're in this situation and obviously you see oh, just to fuel Connor's uh, plain death theories all, all this planned second attack stuff which never actually happens at least seemingly not not now anyway uh, is all plane crashing related they're, they're, they're hacking into uh, airports and all that kind of stuff to take I, down I planes. thought it was very notable that you know they said oh no this code's already done everything's ready to go like they made a point of saying, "No, this is done. You all, all they need to do is send it." Oh yeah, but I, I don't think that's implying that it's actually going to happen. I think that's just necessary for the story to work. That it's already set up and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just mean in the sense that it is very clearly again showing that no, they're not needed for this. You know, oh, that, sure, that again, yeah. you know, that, that's their purpose. But when they find it, it's it's going to look really obvious as to what they were doing. You know, and they they talk about specific airports yeah. as well, like specific areas where they were targeting, which will presumably get security bolstered after this. Yeah, you'd imagine so. Yeah, <laughs> I would really hope so. Security tripled. Uh, yeah. So no, so 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 all going down, and then eventually, the henchmen like put a gun in Mobley's hand, hold it to his head. They're going to make him commit suicide. Essentially, I mean, it's not really suicide, but it's going to look like suicide. Yeah. And it's coming between this and the FBI, and then it just cuts to the FBI. You you don't see how it ends. It just cuts to the FBI, and they're coming into the house. They've got the night vision on, all this stuff, and they get into the room, and you actually see Trenton be turned over in night vision. So at first I'm like, okay, that's probably her, but it's hard to tell because it's this bright night vision. Yeah, you know, you're like, that, that looks like it probably is her, but like you can't quite tell. And then he turns the night vision off. He pulls the goggles up. And then you see her, and it's like, no, there's a bullet hole in her head. She's she is completely dead. Mobley uh, is completely dead. They do the same. It's like you know, when they're looking at, it, they, they've got the night vision on because it's you know tactical. But they get up there and they're like, okay, there's there's someone here, you know, civilian. And we're like, all right, okay. But we they can't idea until the until they take the night vision off. It's like, okay, target confirmed. Yeah, um, and it's just it's just so depressing. Like they're both dead and. We just got them back this episode. The episode reminded us why we liked them. And they, they feel... I mean, obviously they're not innocent in 5-9, but they're, they're, they're naive people. They don't feel like they're these criminals. And They were they were doing this for a, you know, a just cause that they, they, they thought was right. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a very noble on their part. Misguided, perhaps, but it, the, the intentions were but, noble. But from a viewer perspective, you have connected with them, you care about them, and... Yeah. Is really really dark, and I think the darkest thing about it is because obviously the camera, the 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 because the, the, obviously they're all wearing cameras, the the the, the, the FBI or the SWAT team, or whatever you call them, and they're going around the, the room, and it's like okay, so here's all these plans for these things. There's a camera with an F sighty mask. There's there's a flags, yeah, up a, Iranian flag, Iranian flags, yeah. and that ties into the, the the story that Zhang wanted spun, and yeah. and then it's like it was it was when as well when they show you the uh, on the news and the, the previous scene of them on there, like I'm like. I think the the scariest and the most depressing part about this, honestly, is how believable this cover story is, and how people would buy it. Yeah, exactly. Why, why would they suspect anything? But, but because of their ethnicity, this makes it just easier to swallow, and it just it yeah. feels it's actually the darkest part about the whole thing, and it made me feel a little bit sick to my stomach. It was like, not only is this, not only are they, are they innocent of the crime they are being told that they've been do, they've done. But how easy the media is going to swallow it because of who uh, they are. I mean, and and the you know the reality is, if we were told this in real life, this happened. You know, we were told this story on the on the media, we'd probably believe it. We'd have yeah. no reason not to. Yeah, well, we we don't know about all this other stuff that's going on to second guess it. Exactly. Uh, in in to the the general public of the show who are you know going to be watching the news and seeing this, 
I have no reason to go to them. Why are you? Why are you believing this? Why are you swallowing it? Yeah, the only, of course they would. The only people who wouldn't, of course, are the people who are close enough to it to know otherwise. Yeah, any, only the people who have the extra information. But the, the thing is, is that Dom's not buying a lick of this. She she's staring at that screen, and she, this is where I'm like, Dom's broken as well because she's looking at this. She's like, this is complete bullshit. This is sell. This is too easy. Like the the evidence in the room is basically on a platter. Here's everything you need to say it was these two. She knows it's bullshit, but she also knows that they will swallow this. She knows that everyone above her in the food chain is going to say that's it, job done, and that's she why knows that for all intents and purposes, she's lost. Yeah, that's why at the end of this this moment, she's just quiet the whole time. And there's even that moment where Santiago like pats on the back and says, "Hey, I know it would have been better if we caught them alive." But, and I think that's the moment where I'm thinking maybe she does suspect it. Is he kind of in something because he's ready to just sweep this under the rug? And she she leaves the room. She goes to the, the you know the, the the room with all the the the, the, the board. The, the board, yeah. With, yeah, with all the faces and names and all the all the lines and all the rest of it. And she takes a red pen. She crosses out Trenton and Mobley. And the camera, she goes to do something else, and the camera geniusly sort of like just sort of like goes up the board. And you see Elliot, you see, then you see Tyrell, and then she just pins a, a bit of paper. And I, says, I love how I knew she was right. You can hear the pen right yeah. in the squeak, and you know, you're like, what, what's she doing? And she just pins a bit of paper that says White Rose question mark, and I'm like, she knows that this is all a cover up. She just knows. She doesn't obviously know the details, but she knows something's not right. And then she says. Again, just to encapsulate everything that we feel in this episode, and the idea that so many people are, are, are kind of become aware they've been manipulated in some way, Mr. Robot, Angela, well, I mean, arguably she's not realised it per se, but regardless, she's broken I, I, because she, of it. She, 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 I think she has realised, and that's why she's so desperate to believe the the, 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 the lie, should we yeah. say. Tyrell broken. Um, I'm sure I've missed other ones, but like so many people broken. and Price. Price broken. Dom broken and she just sums it all up by looking at it and saying you're actually going to get away with this and then we just end in this way short of her looking at the board and it is depressing as all hell it's like no and it's always funny i think just last week maybe the week before we were saying oh this is kind of going to be like the the hacking avengers where dom's eventually going to join like elliot and the team to like take down because you know the fbi is not going to want to yeah and she's going to feel and i was like oh maybe that'll be like a Maybe they'll set up late season four, and it'll be a season five thing or whatever. And I don't necessarily think it's going to start happening right now, but I feel like this is the seed. I feel like her this feeling is her powerless. Being set on that path. Yeah. yeah, she she is powerless in this moment, and she realizes that no one else is going to help. Which is why I think if she does get that email, and it's like it's like the 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 the, the, the that's it. That's all she needs. To the push bread her trail, out. because once she has confirmation for herself, no. This is someone. This is this yeah, like, like we know. Here. Like I feel like she doesn't. She's not going to want to let this go. But there's only so far she can go on her own without any evidence of any sort. Other than, she's let's say it right now. She's just got a feeling, and she knows that. Yeah, she got a feeling. Yeah. And then there's there's only so far she can go on that. Only so long that she can hold on to that. But once she gets that email, something outside that verifies anything, just even the tiniest thing, that's all she needs. And I think the the justification that she'll actually work with Darlene and Elliot and the, the team is because they didn't do this this attack. This wasn't them. This was never them. Yeah, she might even learn that Elliot was trying to stop it actively. Yeah, she might. But I think morally, that's why she won't necessarily have a problem. At least maybe not. Maybe at first she'll be skeptical of like. I I I, I imagine there'll be trepidation at first. But yeah. uh, I feel like this is the start of her path going. 
no, if I'm going to take this asshole down, this this mythic white rose, which, which as far as she's concerned, she's never actually got. She doesn't have like a photo. She doesn't have anything like that. She she has like maybe heard his name once or twice, uh, and it, that's all it is. It's, a, it's this it's mythic rumors, yeah. shadow she, in the background. What what I'm looking forward to is her confronting Darlene because you know she kept saying Darlene's hiding something. She's holding something back after her you know after her conversation with Elliot. Is she going to go? You knew this was going to happen. Is she going to go? You know, how much did you know about this and confront her about it? Is that maybe how the the links come together a bit? Maybe I, I can almost see like Dom just walking into like Angela's apartment whilst everyone's there. Like, you know, at least like when I say everyone, mm. I really I really just mean Elliot, Angela, and Darlene. But I can see her just walking into the room and everyone just sort of staring at like, "Are you here to like arrest us or something?" And she's like, "Tell me about White Rose," and like. And everyone in that room will have at least a bit of information on her. To that, that's that's a, an episode-ending line right there. Is yeah, it's definitely an episode-ending moment when she walks yeah. in and you realise she's not there to arrest anyone. She's there because oh, I, I want in. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I don't think she'll be jumping head on first. No, no, that, no. But, but that, that's the the you know the, the the impression for this moment. Yeah, uh, because because I, I, I think what this episode effectively did uh, beyond everything else we've talked about. It's made us want to take down Dark Army as, as the audience. It's made yeah. us hate them because not only did what they do was, I mean, obviously they, they committed a terrorist attack that killed thousands of people. That's first and foremost. But it's something we always talk about. We always talk about how, oh, you can say you've killed the work, you know, the population of the planet. You can say you've killed thousands. I, I, you know, the, 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 yeah, I don't care about those four thousand. We're told, oh, four thousand are dead. What I care about is Angela's reaction to watching it. Oh, sure, yeah, no, absolutely. But we always talk about that. And we always say it doesn't really matter that much to a viewer because a number of just X amount of people... I mean, it, it works to a point. I feel like it's portrayed well enough in this episode like an actual sort of news event where it feels kind of realistic. It, it feels horrific, and but, yeah. uh, but again, it's like, I, I, don't, you're not, I don't know anything about these 4,000, so there's a disconnect automatically. It's, it's how people cope with things in general. Yeah, but, uh, it, but at the same time, it's, it's not like... It, it does it much better than this than a lot of other things do. Oh, yeah, it, like. But there, there is, like, it's not until you make it affect one of the characters that we personally care about, that we've actually spent time with, that we know inside and out. And once it affects one of them, and in this case it was Trenton and Mobley, once they are killed, how they are... And, Joe, that's the other thing. I think that whole scene where they crash the car, that is so whimsical and funny, almost, that I think it sets you up for thinking, nah, nothing bad's going to happen to them, because this doesn't feel like they're, they're nearing the end of their life. This feels like we're getting some comedy, because yeah, they're going to yeah, be around but- for a while. Let's remember, we start this episode with them driving out to the desert to the Night Rider theme. Yeah, so like, it's you know, it's it's pretty comical. I think it's tonally a misdirect. It's tonally saying it's, yeah. no, it's just like we're not going down that path. But then you get to the end of the episode and, and they and die. Even the idea of oh, we're only digging one grave. You know, it's again, it's this idea that they seem safe. That we're we're they're talking about okay, we're being recruited for our skills, and we know they're pretty skilled. So again, we assume yeah, that seems plausible. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But by doing that, by by do, by killing them, by breaking Angela and making her complicit in this mass murder, uh, by doing all this stuff, it makes us hate them. It makes us want them taken down. It makes us hate White Rose because I don't think I hated White Rose before. Which she was interesting. She was mysterious. Like, yeah, okay, what's I, she up I to? definitely wouldn't have said I hated. I, I'd have said, okay, she's clearly the villain, and I know she's you know leader of this terrorist organization. But at the same time, I find it very compelling and fascinating every time we have a and, conversation. And White Rose is still compelling, 
but I still hate her now. Like now, I want her taken down. I want Zhang taken down. I, I think that's it. I think before I wanted Elliot to win because obviously he's our, yeah. our protagonist, but I didn't necessarily want White Rose to lose. It was just uh, I want Elliot to win. Hmm. Whereas now I want White Rose. I want White Rose and to lose. I want her to suffer. And obviously we saw how the Dark Army operated last season. It's not like we've had any delusions that she's willing to do dark stuff or he's willing to do dark stuff, depending on how you want to go with it. But yeah, it, like. But again, you make it personal. You first of all, the terrorist attack is the worst thing that the Dark Army's done up until this point, anyway. And then you add on to that, you no know, personal characters that we care about that we know, and that's it. They are now yeah. they now have heat. You know, White Rose has heat to use a wrestling yeah. term, uh, and that that's it. So we now we have a villain that we want to see taken down. Um, the the real puppeteer pulling the strings, as it were. Yeah. As far as we know. Well, you really think there's going to be another no, personal? I, I I really don't. But I I just I I can I can almost see the 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 irony of it of you know, you know there's, there's there's always someone bigger. Yeah, I, I mean I don't I don't think so. I I don't think there is either. I I, just, I, I, just... I think that would be a weird structural thing in the show. I feel like we've been building up to White Rose yeah. all this time since season one. It's it's clearly the kind of going to be the the main crux of the show going I forward. Yeah. I, I think what's, what is going to be interesting is, is what really discovering the relationship between White Rose and Zhang and, and kind of understanding what that is. Because even right now, I don't... But yeah, really... we don't know. It's, it's been left a lot to interpretation. And I'm, I'm curious. I, I'm excited. Do you know what really excites me about this? And this is actually a very... Kind of similar to Twin Peaks in a lot of ways. Um, just in the sense that what the show was about in season one, or in Twin Peaks cases, the first two seasons, kind of like shifted to something else. And for Twin Peaks, this was the new 2017 season. But it felt natural. It felt like, no, no, no. This was always kind of the point is that eventually we'd go to this next step. But it, it does kind of... Because, you know, season one of Mr. Robot is all about Five Nights. So we weren't calling it that at the time because we didn't know when it was going to happen yet. But it, yeah, was, yeah, all, but it was all about that, yeah. It was all about building to Five Nights. It was all about taking down E-Corp. But and after this, five nine basically doesn't matter anymore. Well, Com- comparatively, yeah, sure. But like, sure, there was sprinkles of white rose. White rose was a factor, like, in helping achieve five nine. But since then, it's been like, no. What you're really going to do here is you're going to learn that that is just the 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 start of the the, the problem. It's just the start of the horror, if you will. And yeah. dark army, white rose are even worse. And now we have to deal with them. But I, I think. That that could feel like oh we're we're manufacturing more story out of it, and and certain you know if another show that didn't plan for that and they tried to sort of add that in after the fact mm-hmm. oh there's something even worse behind that door, I feel like here though it's actually kind of the natural progression for the characters to learn and think think they were doing good and then learn that again no they're really not they're still being manipulated there's still more to this and it it just it feels like a natural progression and i think that's actually yeah exciting I, I, and also well, well and a lot of way it often feels like we get manipulated as well because obviously we we have oh we do perspective on things yeah. and i think there's a couple of times in this episode where it feels like they're talking to the camera i'm not sure if they quite are but there's twice that really look like it one of it was uh part of zhang's speech to price mm. where it's i think it's you know where he goes you know to to for the lesson where he kind of looks right at the camera and the other one is actually um it's leon where he's talking about you know he goes and says oh you don't want to see where this knife you don't know where this knife's been but he's looking right at the camera it's like yeah but you know you know where it's been you've seen <laughs> what i do with this knife <laughs> yeah 
so yeah, no, it's a strong nice episode. It, the only the only thing that suffers about this episode is it comes after two of maybe the best episodes of the entire show. But it's no slouch. It is absolutely no slouch. It's, it's tense as hell. It yeah. is depressing as hell. It's dark as hell. Uh, it maybe doesn't quite. Add, it's not quite as depressing perhaps as the the returned half of the last season of Battlestar Galactica. I won't spoil it, but for anyone who's watched that show, don't know exactly what episode I'm talking about. I'll get there one day. Yeah, it's, it's, it, had, it was last season was split in two. It was when it, the first episode back yeah, when it, yeah, when it yeah, came I, back. I knew that. That that was that, that's what I'm talking about. That was okay. one of the most. That was maybe the most depressing episode of TV I've ever watched in my life. Wow. Well, it's it's on my list to watch at some point. Yeah. Uh, mm. So no. stop getting ideas. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you want to watch it anyway, we could do something with it. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, that has been season three, episode seven of Mister Robot. We've only got three left of the season, which is upsetting. Uh, Really already? I, I missed the twelve. <laughs> so uh, no, I, I feel like there was a lot of meat in there, and I, I think it's interesting that we we dropped Elliot for most of the episode. He was gone, and we just we cut around other characters. Like how often does Krista get a scene just on her own? It's just her scene. Not often. Not very often. I don't know if ever. Maybe once or twice in relation to the dog. Yeah, and, you know, that, that relationship. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, but that's about it. But that was even even that was all through what Elliot was act actively doing yeah. at the time. Whereas this is about what he's done. This is just about a conversation they had. Yeah, this is her her concern about what's going on specifically. Uh, so no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I I do wonder actually. Does she go to to do, does does she speak to Dom at some point. Is that something that that, that makes Dom kind of another piece of evidence for her to vindicate her of, no, these two weren't behind it. it you know, the, the, you know, Elliot here has spoken about someone else. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't surprise me if Krista ends up being on the team in some capacity. Somehow. Yeah, no. See it. Tech support. It, it, well, not literally in this case, because the, the usual role of tech support. To help Elliot. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yes. To, to keep keep him on track, yes. It's, it's a poor analogy in this show where everyone else is the techies, but... Yeah, it's a terrible analogy in this show, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, good stuff. Uh, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show and support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash TV. You can do that over there. But otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?